the love is the question of the day. Where's the love at? Man, I tell you what. Just coming to this studio today to give this very rousing message to all of the Christians, non-Christians into the world. I got blowed at three times trying to make a turn on West Boulevard over here with a radio station. People flying, man. It's a through it's a major through street to two or three different neighborhoods. And boy, I tell you what, I slowed up because I was looking for parking. And uh got in the left hand lane, wanted to make that left turn. And um Somebody was speeding in the turn lane to pass me on the left side, and I'm getting seen. I'm getting ready to make a left. So it just pray tells to the uh, mental mindset of people. They're not thinking clearly. Uh, they are distressed, and and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna read in Mark chapter ten, verse twenty eight. This is Apostle and Prophet Chris Ward. This is the Voice of Dominion broadcast. I thank God for. 31 years of full-time ministry, 31 years. I went from street walker. <laughs> Paul said he had poured me out like a drink offering. In 1991, I was in the street to a minister, okay, after three and a half, four years, and I completed ministry school while I was in the street. And then uh, there was a Pentecostal uh, church that was having a uh, Tuesday night service. I never forget, it was Tuesday night. And, you know, the Pentecostals like to make a lot of noise and jump up and down. But the the music and the praise and worship was anointed. And I was coming from the library, at, uh, the Inglewood Library. All this took place in Inglewood. And um, the Spirit of God said, go up in there and, and, and praise me. And I went up in there. Sat on the front row, um, began to praise and worship the Lord. What year was that? Golly. Can you help me, my my faithful assistant? No, I can't because I wasn't with you at that time. I didn't know you. It was before 94. Way before. Still in the street. It was right at the end. It was way before 94. It was after after Rodney King, though. It was after Rodney King (laughs) and before uh, 19... Oh my God! It's, it wasn't after Rodney King. It was it? after Rodney King. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't meet Bishop Bishop Hill until after Rodney King, because I joined that church. And when Rodney King went, I did not. I was not a member of that church. You weren't even in California. No, I wasn't in California. But I'm saying during that three and a half year period, God gave me a hiatus. Uh, he gave me some refreshing, and that I had to settle my dad's uh, estate. He had passed away. And as soon as he passed away in 1991, September 91, I headed out here and the Lord led me into the street and, and I served him from a 76 Cadillac and led millions of people and ministered to millions of people and led, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people I prayed for. I I, I um, had the privilege of entering, giving the last rites to people, praying for them as they were. I'll never forget this one lady. She was, uh, I was at the Inwood Plaza uh, where I eventually would become a minister and would um, the church that I was going to join, that I would join after my street and, and ministry um, school experience uh, was right around the corner from that, the Tabernacle of Evangelism. But this uh, Hispanic woman was crossing the street and she um, 
you know, and people speed now, you know, where I live at, people are doing 50 miles an hour inside of 100 from a stop sign. Between the light and the stop sign, it's less than 100 yards. And they will assess access 60 to 70 miles an hour coming through by my house. And they got all these loud cars. And then most of the time there's a stop sign. They don't even, they, I, I, when I come to a stop sign now, I look both ways. Even if I'm not the one that's supposed to be stopping because people run the lights and just, you know, it, t- it talks about the time in the Bible that we, um, that we live in now. And it's just, it's par- the Bible says there will be perilous times. And I'm recounting this, um, these shows, Go back and listen to them. This will be like the ninth show where we're we're doing, um, when you hear Donnie Hathaway and Roberta Flack singing Where is the Love? Because that's what we've come to post-pandemic, doing this famine, doing the drought, and doing the um, um, inflationary times that we live in that came on us after the pandemic. People thought that they they he'll look after the old ones for you. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for man situations, boo-boos, people, and things that they got to solve, okay? And they're trying to get everybody back to work, and that's not working because you have a lot of businesses where people go to work and they're, they're not trained properly because they don't have proper management and all that. And so doing business and just being uh, a normal vis-a-vis normal adult or even as children, um, they have a, out here in California where we're at, if you're listening in other parts of the world, they have a Chinese senator who is running, challenging a seat, a Democrat, and he wants to bring chi- the Chinese religions and, uh, and also politics. Now, I have no doubt that he is being supported by Chinese nationalists overseas to bring the United States to democracy down. See, this democracy in this country that we live in had, was created and ordained by God so that God would have a place where he could launch the ministry. Okay? I'm absolutely sure of it. I can probably prove it biblically, but I don't need to. If you live here, uh, you already know that the Russians and the Chinese and everybody is hack, trying to hack into our water systems. I saw the cybersecurity director, the lady on um, Face the Nation on Sunday. And now with the elections and what happened during the la- two years ago with the last election, okay, they want to make sure everything is safe, that people can't hack into that. That's the other thing. Understand that when you see Israel, okay, Israel has had five uh, prime minister elections in four years. So there's a turnover of leadership. Not only here, Great Britain is in the same situation, okay? And you look at Italy, you look at Spain, you look at France, you look at the Ukraine, you look at what's going on in Germany. All these different countries are, this is an inflection point. And God is changing the leadership right now so that he can find a place for his remnant, and that is those who remain. You go to a prayer meeting in the church, and you can't hardly find nobody there. Post-pandemic, only one out of four people who went on a regular basis at least once a week are attending church. And the the pandemic spawned the electronic age where everybody could attend by Facebook or by YouTube or whatever. 
And the people who only the people, because Jesus said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. So you're supposed to go to your church. You're supposed to give a tithe and an offering. That reduces those numbers down to less than 10% of the people who at pre-pandemic would give a tithe. And most of them were not giving offerings. And so now three quarters of them are no longer going to the church. Are they supporting uh, uh, the church electronically? Probably not. Not to the extent that they were when they were there. And then so if you only have 10 percent of the people in large who give a 10, the church, if it's not operated by a man or woman of God who is sealed and anointed and who has an anointing, to multiply the seed that is given back to the church and to edify the people to the place where Christ in them, the hope of glory has a hope to get over through and into a new dimension of the supernatural manifestation of the Holy spirit. And I gave those, uh, you can come and visit me at 9815 South Vermont Avenue to do right Christian church on Saturday uh, every Saturday at 930, I'm there, and I'm going through p- Pathways to the Supernatural. We've had about six or seven different subtitles, okay? And th- we're at the 9815 South Vermont Avenue is the Do-Right Christians Church. It's a facility we rent. I'm on Saturday morning. Somebody said, why are you on Saturday morning? Because that's what God told me to do. And I'm not afraid to be different. And if you're going to be a real minister, especially apostle and prophet, you're going to be different. You're going to have a different anointing. You're going to have different supporters than people who would support a normal church because the apostles and prophets are the people who are, uh, the prophet is the finger of God. He points to stuff. The prophet changes dimensions. In other words, he can change dimension. One word from his lips can change the dimension or the destiny of a hundred thousand people, 200, a million. The apostle is the trendsetter, trailblazer and doctrine setter for the new Testament church. And you do have prophets in the, in the new Testament church as well, but the apostle prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, they, it, it, and if you if you're operating and hoping for God to do a supernatural, see this world needs a supernatural God now. You need a supernatural God, okay? And as an apostle, and as I recount all that I was going through, where well, we started in this show, we started talking about I gotten pretty much up to 1998. Um, I was coming sometime right after Rodney King. And I had came back. I went to Dayton, Ohio to settle my, my, my father's estate. He had passed away uh, in 90, uh, August of 1991. In September, excuse me, 1991, I had packed all my stuff up. He said, listen, get a house up, come to California, start your ministry journey. He led me to go to the Crenshaw Christian Center, Dr. Frederick Casey Price's Rest in peace. I know your mansion is big there because it was big when it was in the earth. 
I tried to ride by and see the thing. The thing, they had the street blocked off. They, they was working on his house and had the whole street blocked off, man. Nobody could get up in there because they was working on his house. So you know how big that was. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I desire a house like that. So I know his his mansion in heaven is large. But what I wanted to talk about today was the stresses of necessary being separated to a real office. So many people are not willing to give up the old life. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. And where do I want to pick this up at? Uh, Let's pick it up. Okay. Uh, Let's pick it up at... Let's pick it up at uh, blah, 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 20, verse 20. Read uh, Mark 10, 20 for me. Okay. Mark chapter 10, verse 20. And he said, excuse me, and he answered and said unto them, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him. Lo- uh, stop, stop, yes, stop, stop. Yeah. Let's, let's pick it up. Uh Verse 17. That's why I want to pick up the whole context of the scripture that I'm giving. Mark 10, 17. Mm-hmm. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, this is powerful because he wants, he's not just talking about, Oh, give me a house. Oh, I'm sick. Heal me. Oh, my child's sick. Oh, ooh, ah, e. He's saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That is the question that every Christian needs to be answering themselves, asking themselves right now. Uh, And let Jesus answer for you right here in in Mark 10, 18. Go ahead. And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. Wow. So he put the Ten Commandments on him. Okay. And this and you have to understand, if you if you go back to the Ten Commandments now, which is part of the law, okay, which was, you know, Moses wrote the law for us. And if you go back and look in your life to the time when you was a youth, before you was 12 years old, okay? 12 years old is the age of accountability where Jews are concerned. So from a kid, five, six, seven, from when you can remember, this man says here, uh, and Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. So he said, yeah, he knew them. He acknowledged that. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Ooh, that's good. That's good right there. Now you think about your life, and I'm going to think about my life, and I know darn well the Ten Commandments got, uh, got away from me. Uh... I don't know how many times, but because of the blood of Jesus, guess what? All of our past, present, and future sins have already been forgiven us. Okay, but there's a reason for it, and that's what I want to show you here. So did he qualify to be a minister? I would think so. Yes, indeed. What does Jesus say after that? Verse 21. 
Verse 21, then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Now, for the supernatural, that's the first thing you got to do. You got to give up that whole that old life altogether. You have to give it up. Jesus says in another passage, it's easier for a uh, 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 camel. Uh, camel for a camel to go through the the eye of the needle than for you to get into the kingdom. Of Why? Because people don't they want to carry all that stuff with them. They want to carry all this and still think they're going to be qualified to be kingdom participants, be part of the remnant, to be holy and sanctified and righteous before God. Do you have to die to the world system? Watch this. Then Jesus beholding him loved him. And, and uh, listen, it's very few times you see that in the New Testament where it said Jesus loved somebody and he loved everybody because he served everybody. Okay. But this is a specific emphasis on this. He says, he said he loved him. And verse 22 says, and he, he was sad at the same and went away grieved for he had great possessions. So he was grieved because he knew he could not to follow Jesus and to have the guarantee of eternal life. He could not let anything in this world, okay, interfere with the training period necessary for him to qualify for that. See, Christianity and salvation, we think just going to church and all that, and we live normal lives and eat normally, and the Holy Spirit does not really have total control of everything. You know, you only have about mm, less than 30% of the people who go to church every week have ever read their Bible on a, da a daily basis. Or let me say it this way, have ever read completely through the Bible. You have less than that that read their Bible on a daily basis right now. So it's coming back down to that 10% of the half, the three quarters that left the church during the pandemic, they haven't come back. And then we talked about those, the tithers. Those are the ones that, that went above and beyond to support the church even during the pandemic. And now we're talking about uh, get these that give away everything. Then Jesus beholding him, verse 21, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest. So it's one thing that you got to do to guarantee your salvation. Go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the <laughs> Now, in America, still the richest, most prosperous country in the world. If you said that to somebody, said, listen, I want you to be part of my family. I need you to be part of my company. I need you to do you need to go and sell everything that thou hast, all of your possessions, and give it to the poor. So he didn't say just stop using them. <laughs> he didn't say, okay, you're going to move to Capernaum with me and my other disciples. And somebody, I've heard this, this, this pastor was preached one time, the 13th disciple. Uh, and he qualified for it because the Bible said all the most, the law of Moses he kept, okay? And he, and verse 22 says, and he was sad at the saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. So he did not want to let go of this life. What life? Whatever life he built up, whatever possessions he had. See, right now I live in California. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to leave it all. Everything. 
Darn it, I got a I got a Mercedes van. If the Lord told me to leave the mall, I said, listen, you're gonna start the journey. He told me 20 years ago, you going back to off. He tell me to go with no place to live. I have some friends there, but I don't be knocking on no door saying, I, you know, I'm so vaguely and this, that, and the other. Can you put me up? And and when he when when Jesus sent them on a mission trip, he said, Don't take all your clothes and don't take a, try to take a bunch of money so you can buy your way. He said, wherever the door opens up. And I get in there tomorrow and go and won't look back and ask those who do support the ministry. Do you want to go with me now? Get your, get your backpack, get in the van and let's go leave all that stuff. You don't need it because what you need to understand about God is when he, when you begin, when you make that kind of sacrifice for him, he's already provided for your trip. That's why he told him, take no script. Don't take a bunch of stuff, blah, 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 blah. And when I can't see, I wasn't developed. I didn't know that I was going to go through that eye of the needle. When I came out here in 1991, I packed everything. I had a 76 Cadillac, which you know has a huge trunk, and it's got a big back seat. And I had so much stuff in there. I had a big old army trunk. What do you call it? A foot locker filled with stuff. And the back of the Cadillac was bumping on the ground. Every time I hit the speed bump, <laughs> if, you, if you're on a highway doing 70, and getting, back that time the speed limit was 70, guess what? And you hit a little something, you hit a little dip there, and the bumper was scraping on the back, sparks flying, trying to take all that stuff. And eventually I had to let it go because it just was too much for me to try to keep up with. And Jesus knows what he's doing. Read verse 23 for me. Verse 22, read that again. Verse 22. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possession. And Jesus looked around and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the that have riches. Why is that? Because they don't want to give them up. If this boy had done that, he could have been a billionaire sometime, somewhere along the road because he gave all of it to the kingdom. Anytime the Holy Spirit comes to you and tells you to give something away, it's because he want to give you a hundred times more. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. Go ahead. Verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again. Well, what, 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 why was the disciples astonished at his words? Can anybody tell me one? Why? Go ahead. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the key word there is trust. In other words, I trust in what my, my education and I trust in the house that I live in and I trust in my wife and I trust in my children and I trust in my job and I trust in my business. See, the key word is trust. How hardly is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? Wealthy man, you better get some of that money to the kingdom of God. And I say, if you want to you give me some, you can go to uh, this Apostle Prophet Chris where I'm taking my weekly offering. It's my 31st anniversary. You can send me an anniversary present. You can send it to G-A-M-N dot L-I-F-E. Gam Life, G-A-M-N dot L-I-F-E. Hit the donation page and send me $100,000 for my anniversary present. I won't be mad at you. Matter of fact, I'm going to find you and come hug your neck. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I thank God for you. He says, how hardly those who have riches enter into the kingdom of God. You Listen, God has to strip you down for your qualification. And I'm going to show you the qualification in just a minute. Right there in verse 24. Let's read that again. Verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answers again and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Somebody bound and determined to hang on to everything. Okay, go ahead. 26. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Why were they astonished? Because, they, listen, Peter had a business. These boys wasn't ignac pilly whack. They wasn't a little, they wasn't homeless and starving. They left their families, their homes, their shelters. Peter left his fishing business. And you're going to see, and Peter said, <laughs> then Peter began to say unto him, Lord, we have left all and followed thee. So he went through that eye and needle. Read verse 29 for me. And Jesus said, and Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house. Wait, 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 wait. Left his house. So what, if, what was he asking? He told him, he told that rich boy, go, go, go get rid of all that stuff. Sell all that stuff and give it away. Okay, go ahead. I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother. That's family. Or wife or children. What? Or wait, wait, wait. It's an old wife or children's. Oh, my God. Lord, what are you saying here? Keep going. <laughs> or lands for my sake and the gospel. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brethren and sisters, mothers and children, and lands with persecution. With persecutions. So you're going to have to get stripped down. To the and it's a, it's a psychological or spiritual realm of being in the kingdom, where there's nothing that you won't give up. He ain't saying that you gonna have to be homeless for a hundred years. I I wasn't homeless, and and uh, progressively I've gone up. I'm looking for another house now, okay, because I don't believe the house now reflects who I am and the sacrifices I have made over the years. He says here, and he says here. Verse 29, and Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man or woman that have left house or brother or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. Now, that's the other thing. Trust and the gospel sake. You ain't moving to uh, uh, East, and, East, and, and, and East Texas to get no new job. He was first. And it says, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Lord, I think I'm first. I don't know another man on the face of the earth that literally this scripture have sacrificed everything for your gospel and have remained a gospel preacher through all of this right now. We're going to give you an opportunity right now to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, um, my trusted assistant, my friend, and my best friend in the whole world and the greatest servant anybody could ever have. Baby, I love you. I'm just saying it. I love you. 
okay, with the love of the Lord, and it'll never change. And as I go up, you going up. Amen. Huh? I'm going up, girl. I'm believing God for the supernatural, and I ain't playing. Go ahead and make that altar call. We got 30 seconds. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, he has... Lord Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known. So let's make this confession. Dear God, forgive me for my sins. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, come into my heart. Live inside of me. Be Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. So we love you with the love of the Lord. This is Apostle and Prophet Chris Ward. Stay tuned. we got some more shows coming at you. i